And so the two-time division champs not getting a lot of love in the betting market. The Colts are the betting favorite at Caesar Sportsbook to come away with the AFC South. Titans, if they're going to go three in a row, will actually get you plus money at plus 140. Jags at there uh, just under 8-1. to one. And the Texans, with all the things that they're going on with, 45-1 to one if you're brave enough to take that ticket. Welcome back. We are back with another edition of the Fantasy 40 Podcast with myself, John Dabari, my co-host, Mr. Matt Walker. And as always, brought to you by our friends at Expand the Box Score. Use the promo code 40, get four days of free advanced stats. Check it out, see what you like, and sign up. So we've started our divisional breakdowns. Uh, Last week, we did the AFC North. Today, following the directions of the compass, we are going to the AFC South. And full disclosure, we are recording this on July 11th. We were getting an extra one in the bag here. Uh, we got some stuff going on. We're not going to be able to record every week. So some of these may be recorded a week earlier than you're hearing it. But uh, Scott Fishbowl's kicking off today, so I'm sure that might pop up uh, throughout this podcast. His picks come in hot and heavy. But, uh, Walk, what do you think of uh, this AFC South and where you want to start? Yeah, picks coming in hot and heavy or not at all in the Scott Fishbowl, yes. right? We were talking about how you just got through pick seven, and uh, the owner of the 101 in my division is now listed as franchise vacant. So our draft hasn't officially started yet, so I'm just itching to maybe even not make a pick on the first day by the time this gets resolved as I have the 111. But, yeah, we'll get a lot more into that as these divisional breakdowns go along. And, yeah, life happens, and I'm going to be traveling next week, and – Think you're uh, taking vacation the rest of this week, so we're doing a double today. Not much is going to change uh, based upon you know, a week of information as far as the AFC South South is concerned. It is probably one of the divisions I would have selected to knock out as a double anyway, because it's really fucking ho hum as oh, I went rude. through the two teams <laughs> that that I was responsible for here. So no time like the present to just take care of the South. And, uh, you know, go through our divisional breakdown Um, again as I uh, won the coin toss, uh, the epic, you know, noteworthy coin toss of 2022 and was given the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, They did make a huge splash. I mean, maybe not the size of the Browns in the quarterback market, but they did trade for Matt Ryan, who won it out of Atlanta. And he lands in Indianapolis, who the last three years have. Did he want out? Didn't they just want to get rid of that fucking contract? Probably both. I think he knew it was for a rebuild. He's, you know, he's a team guy, so he never said anything. But I think he was, you know, he wasn't, he wasn't fighting against it. Uh, I, I guess you could say so. Yeah, I'm sure they wanted out from under his contract, which just kept getting larger and larger because um, he was that cornerstone franchise guy drafted yeah. by the Falcons, had him highly competitive for a number of years. But I'm sure it was probably mutual to a certain degree. But Regardless, ends up down in Indy, who just perennially, you know, revolving toward the quarterback position since Andrew Luck left. And the last three years have been Philip Rivers, Carson Wentz, now Matt Ryan. So they keep bringing in veterans, hoping that one of them hits. I do think Matt Ryan will probably be the best of the three. Um, do think Wentz got a little bit of a raw deal, but he didn't. He didn't get them over the hump in week 18 against the Jaguars to get into the playoffs. I'd be very interested to see if he had, and they were a playoff team. They probably still would have been one and done, but do they still just move on from him um, to Matt Ryan? But we don't have to uh, 
We don't have to wonder about that because it didn't happen. So Matt Ryan traded for, and then they go inside Nick Foles, who has a history with Frank Reich as well. So they're remaking their quarterback room with veterans again who have played in or won Super Bowls, which is probably always a good thing to have on your roster. Running back, they brought in Philip Lindsay on a one-year deal. Tight end, they did resign my guy, Mo Alley-Cox, gave him a three-year, $18 million deal. And then they made some significant upgrades on defense. They traded for Yannick Ngakwe. They signed Stephon Gilmore and Rodney McLeod. So uh, pretty good free agent season for Chris Ballard. Then in the NFL draft, they did not have a first-round pick. Um, they did start the draft in the second round with Alec Pierce, wide receiver, third round, Jelani Woods, massive tight end who came out of nowhere and blew up the combine. Then they went and got Bernard Raymond, whose name I had heard as like a first or second round type talent at the tackle position. They had him in the third round. I know he's a little bit of a project, but I think that was good value. Uh, for a Colts team that already has a, a strong offensive line that can let this kid develop a little bit. Nick Cross, the safety, big fan of Nick Cross. He is now only behind Rodney McLeod, who was on a one-year deal because Carrie Willis up and retired. He was <laughs> supposed to be their starting safety. So Nick Cross is a name to keep an eye on in IDP. Then Eric Johnson, defensive tackle. Another massive tight end in Andy o- Andrew Ogletree out of Youngstown State. And then two guys that will probably largely be irrelevant is Curtis Brooks and Rodney Thomas. Uh, defensive tackle and D back respectively. So not a lot has changed as far as fantasy is concerned for the Colts. This is still an offense that's going to be run through Jonathan Taylor. We have heard a ton about Naheem Hines and how Frank Reich said, if he played fantasy, he would draft Naheem Hines. Well, what what is he going to say? You know, yeah. (laughs) Naheem Hines is going to use less this year than he was last year, but um, that I don't know that that's going to diminish what Jonathan Taylor is to this offense. You know, he is still the, straw that stirs the drink uh, for them should be a huge season for Michael Pittman. I think he profiles extremely well with Matt Ryan, but I mean, Pittman did well with, with Carson Wentz. So he's the clear alpha wide receiver in an offense that needs one. Cause candidly behind him are, you know, oft injured and unproven Paris Campbell, Alec Pierce, the rookie who I mentioned was drafted in the second round, Ashton Doolin, Mike Strawn. I mean, there's just nothing in you know as far as wide receivers are concerned but they've really committed to this huge tight end society where Moali Cox 65267 uh Jelani Woods 67259 Alec Ogletree 65261 these are just massive human beings yes that they've committed to this year they did lose Jack Doyle to, to retirement they do have Kylan Grants in there who's an undersized move tight end um I still think Moali Cox is the name this year everyone wants to be all over Jelani Woods but yeah, they gave decent money, three years, 18 mil to Mo Ali Cox. I think he could be a sneaky value at the tight end position. He's not going to get volume, but he could be a touchdown threat. I can see eight touchdowns from Mo Ali Cox this year. Matt Ryan does like the tight end position, but it's Pittman. Jonathan Taylor is is all I really want. I sure hope for my dynasty teams that Paris Campbell can stay healthy because he could should should be the second most targeted wide receiver in this offense, but he just hasn't been able to stay healthy thus far. So Colts are still in a good position to compete in the AFC South. And through our playoff predictor experiment, I ended up with them as a nine and eight team and their win projected win total for the Indianapolis Colts. Vegas projected total is nine and a half. So I have them just under, I could see them as a 10 win team because I'm not really enamored with this division as we have noted at the beginning of this episode. 
I've got them ten and seven. So yeah, right, not, on, we're, right on the ball. We're pretty close on all of them. So I, we had that uh, we had that big difference with the Steelers in the previous one. So we, we have several wins out there that are unaccounted for. So it'll be interesting to see where this ends up, uh, <laughs> where this matches up, or or doesn't match up. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm right there with you. Deal. Spoiler alert: I have the Colts winning the division at nine and eight, based upon how everything shook out for me. So, curious that you have them the same at ten and seven. What's that? You have them winning the division at ten and seven. I do not. Whoa! I have someone ahead of them, and I don't like them. So it's holy Moses. Yeah, I mean, wait, wait for this bombshell to drop. Okay, off the Colts, and on to. The division-winning Jacksonville Jaguars? <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> so the Jags last year, uh, no, another three-win season, as we've become accustomed to here with Jacksonville, uh, did nothing in the trade market. But free agency, they brought in Christian Kirk. They brought in Zay Jones, both at wide receiver, and they brought in Evan Ingram as a tight end. The biggest impact uh, this had is not necessarily on fantasy, but the – contract landscape of the NFL. They overpaid Christian Kirk. Yeah. To, to such a disgusting degree that it set off a a cash grabbing arms race league wide and had long-term repercussions everywhere. I mean, trickle down effect. That's why Deontay Johnson isn't going back to the Steelers. That's why Tyreek Hill is at the, the Dolphins. I mean, every, Every significant wide receiver move is. Oh, yeah. I mean, even the ones that stayed. I mean, that's why Terry McLaurin held out. That's why DK Metcalf is angling for a new contract. Crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. Listen, Um, they gave three years and 24 million to Zay Jones. Okay. Yeah. Great work if you could get it. And you get to live in Florida. I don't (laughs) know. Can't blame these guys. Good for them. Um, But yeah, so. They made some splashes. Their offense is improved just with those free agent signings. In the draft, I, 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 you mentioned more of the defensive guys than I did. I skipped over them for the most part just to talk about the, the fantasy-centric part here. But because they did have the first overall pick, they did take uh, Travion Walker edge out of Georgia with their first overall pick. Trevon. Trevon? Trevon. You, you added an Avion in there. For I whatever. got an E-O-N. Isn't it yeah. E-O-N? Nope, it's just O-N. <sighs> it is Trevon. You're right. Oh. Well, son, where? He's, he's my cousin. Bitch. He's my cousin 17 times removed. Yeah. So I apologize to Mr. Walker. Um, But obviously they think he's going to make be a huge impact player on the defense there. I don't necessarily agree. I think they should have taken Hutchinson out of Michigan, but that is neither here nor there. Second pick, they ended up going back to defense. They took uh, Devin Lloyd, who is arguably the top pick in uh, IDP rookie leagues. Love him coming out. Don't necessarily love this landing spot. I I like a guy that's a middle linebacker in a 4-3 more than these guys splitting the work in a 3-4. But do any defenses really play a true 3-4 or 4-3 anymore? They're always swapping guys in and out. But they gave him the draft capital. I think he's going to see the field a lot, and he's many people's uh, IDP rookie one. Then they took a center. They took another linebacker. The, the only guy of interest on offense they selected was running back Snoop Connor with the 11th pick of the fifth round. 
and then they went back uh, on defense with two more cornerbacks. I like Snoop Connor. I mean, ahead of him, he's got Raquel Armstead, who who I liked, but has not done anything at the NFL level to make you think Connor can't jump over him. James Robinson coming off that bad injury probably won't be ready to start the year. So Connor's in the mix to get some early season work. And I don't think no matter how healthy they say ATN is, I don't see them giving him a full load out of the gate. So I think Connor is a very sneaky depth guy who's going to get a lot more work early in the year. And if you're spending nothing on him draft capital wise and rookie draft, and he gets a decent, you know, let's say five week run to start the year, flip that fucking guy for a second or a third if you can, because you're never going to get that kind of value back on him. So I, I like taking him late in drafts or as a free agent, and then hoping he gets a little run here and then flipping him. Um, offensively, Trevor Lawrence is the quarterback. They got C.J. Beathard as their backup. Uh, ugh, not, not, not a great backup. Lawrence did not really impress me, but this whole team was a dumpster fire, so I, I think he gets a free pass. I'm hoping to see him take a big step forward this year. ATN, I'm not sold on. I didn't necessarily like coming out, and I really don't like the injury. So I know a lot of people, I know you traded for him in a league, if I'm not mistaken. I'm just not there on him personally. And wide receiver is just a better room than last year. The three starters projected are Christian Kirk, Marvin Jones Jr., and Zay Jones. And then their backups are LaVisca Chenault, Laquan Treadwell, and Jamal Agnew. And kind of going back, I, I mentioned it before, too, but I'll do it again. So we mentioned the Steelers having really shitty depth, but their starters are, pre, are are among the best in the league. These two teams are kind of constructed the way a lot of teams will build uh, teams, especially in auction drafts. You got the, the stars and scrubs approach with Pittsburgh, and then you got more of a balanced approach here. I don't like their top three better than Pittsburgh's top three, but I'll take their six over Pittsburgh's six. Yeah, I don't disagree. Um, they they went and brought a bunch in. I mean, you said they brought in Christian Kirk. They brought in Zay Jones. They brought in Evan Ingram. I mean, they're trying to – they still have Marvin Jones. They still have LaVisca Chenault. They're, they're trying to surround Trevor Lawrence with, with better weapons to make him, you know, to, to put him in a better position to succeed. Doug Peterson is going to help that out as well. You had mentioned uh, Travis Etienne. Yes, uh, skeleton key, Scott Fishbowl. He's going 505. <laughs> Whoa. Be taking Travis Etienne in the fifth round if he's sitting there. I would love to have him as my RB two if I go with a running back, quarterback, quarterback build. He would be he'd be a great running back too, in my opinion. James Robinson likely to be on the pup. Snoop Connor, fair enough. He's a rookie, doesn't scare me at all. Raquel Armstead scares me even less than some guy named Snoop. So um, don't don't really have many concerns there. You were talking about Trayvon Walker going in the first, and then all the IDP. Well, they run a base three, four. Um, so Trayvon Walker is an outside linebacker. And then uh, not only does that kind of, like you said, diminish Devin Lloyd a little bit, but then you didn't say the name of the other running back or the other linebacker taken, but Chad Muma, who I was pretty high on landing spot dependent is now the backup behind uh, Foyo Aladise, or I'm probably totally butchering that man. Yes. So he is buried behind him at weak side linebacker. So barring injury, not going to see the light of day. And if he lands somewhere else, I thought he could have been a sneaky IDP value. So yeah, that's, that is unfortunate. What is your record for these Jacksonville Jaguars? So real quick, one more thing, just going back to tight end, they brought in Evan Ingram, very capable Dan Arnold 
as their tight end too. And and Manahertz and Farrell I liked as a rookie. Their their tight end room is pretty good. Sneaky. <sighs> pretty sneaky. But yeah. Uh look Garrett at- Prince. UDFA. Sneaky, super deep dynasty ad in tight end premium. I like the kid, didn't get drafted. It was a UAB kid. Just thinking he's super athletic and and raw, but he'll have some opportunity to potentially make the practice squad for the Jaguars. Go. Jags coming off of a three-win season a year ago. Vegas has them projected at 6.5. I may be overreacting to the logo on the side of the helmet because I did say I think Lawrence takes a step up. I like this receiving room for him. But after I went through the year, I have them again at a 3-14 and record. All right. Let's just get this out of the way. Jacksonville, 3-14. and <laughs> and I don't agree. I don't. This is another one. I think they're probably close to a six-win team. I, I, if I didn't do the actual going through the entire schedule, I would have put them at like, you know, five and twelve. Me too. That's I probably where yeah. I would have put them because they are much better. They're going to be much better coach. They won three games, largely in spite of Urban Meyer. I know he didn't finish the year with them, but um, and I don't know. I think they only had what one win with him. I think they ended up scratching out a win or two. They, they got the win in week 18 to keep the Colts out. And that definitely wasn't what Urban Meyer. So at least one of their wins last year was not Urban Meyer based. But I just think Peterson's going to bring some stability that that front office has not had um, in quite some time. You know, Since even, Tom Coughlin. Fuck. Yes. Yeah. I mean, you know, candidly, it's, it's true. Since, since the expansion days. <laughs> but they're still just not good yeah, enough. So fucking Mark Brunel and, and uh, Taylor. Ah, Freddie Taylor. Yeah, and then Keenan McCardell and Jimmy Smith. I mean, that was some that was some fantasy goodness in the early days in Duval. What happened to this team? They stink. <laughs> this franchise sucks. Yeah, absolute dumpster fire. Yeah, that is. Just have not got their feet under them, even though they have had countless opportunity. You know, and then they get generational quarterback Trevor Lawrence, and then they literally put him in one of the worst possible ecosystems ever for a first overall pick, and and trying to ruin him with Urban Meyer, who they thought was a great splash. Before before we jump to Houston, I got a, a fun Jacksonville uh, fact that I learned the other day. Jacksonville is the largest city in the United States. Really, I've been to Jacksonville and I was unaware of that. Yes, I mean I I didn't like spec it out ahead of time. Yeah, they're on business on a few didn't, occasions, but didn't have your land surveying equipment out. I did not. So just a band, just square footage. Is that yeah. Okay. Yes, right. That could be yeah. wrong. Without some trivia bullshit on my phone, I was like, what? <laughs> Taking little geography yeah. quizzes. Well, listen, it's still not attracting NFL talent. So no. Yeah, can't can't win just based upon square footage apparently. But I do think better days are ahead. I, I if I would still take the under on six and a half, I would take the over on R three. Maybe that's just four four or five yeah. sweet spot. Yeah, I just do think they win. Just another top five pick. Win scratch out a couple games. I think they will be in a better position. So you had mentioned Jacksonville and then you know, why not just jump right to those Houston Texans uh, on the first episode we recorded earlier Keep today it was the Deshaun Watson conversation. Well, now with him out of Houston, they're moving forward with Davis Mills clearly as their starting quarterback. They could have taken any quarterback they wanted in this draft and they ended up going with Derek Stingley. 
um, with the second overall, second, third overall pick, I believe it was, whatever overall pick it was. With their first, early first pick, they went Derek Singley over any quarterback. So either they're showing some faith in Davis Mills or they just hated this quarterback class as much as the rest of the NFL did, and they're just biding their time for next year. So if I had Davis Mills, I would still be selling Davis Mills. I sold him in, in a few places. Not that I don't like the player, but I just don't. I think they inevitably will hit the the quarterback carousel again in 23 with you know as many as six quarterbacks being projected as first round picks next year. I don't remember so. if we if we talked about this before when we were doing a lot of the draft stuff, but the the thing I've heard on, on the radio and, and and I've thought about it since then too. If Mills is stays in college and comes out this year, does Mills go ahead of Pickett in the draft? It's, it's entirely possible. I mean, it, the the kid was was toolsy. He just couldn't stay healthy at Stanford. So yeah, that, that's my thing with him. And and I know everybody just keeps saying, ah, "Well, you know, they're gonna they're gonna dip their toe back in the well." And not that that group is not a more talented group, obviously, than than this pile of garbage that came out last year. But I, he might be a lot safer than we think. I mean. He, he he went late because he was hurt. Like you said, he was he was hurt and was in a, in a better quarterback class. In his appropriate class, that guy could have been the QB one. So I, I I think he's got a little more staying power than everyone, including myself, gives him. Yeah, I mean, listen, I I plucked him in a couple spots to be able to trade him. So I, I don't disagree. I just don't believe there's a lot of these. You know, I just day two and later quarterback picks that end up being long-term solutions for their team. I mean, it's more outlier than anything else. These teams are just wired to go back and try and find that, you know, first round franchise quarterback year after year. And I don't believe the Texans are going to be any different. They're going to have multiple opportunities with all the picks they acquired from Deshaun Watson to, to do so. So he's going to have to dodge a lot of bullets in the next Several years. I mean, it might not be twenty three. They got multiple picks in twenty four, as well. So that's a good. That's a very good point. Listen, he's it's and they suck. I mean, I don't know what your record's going to be, but this is not a good team. So they will have a pretty good crack at the top couple of quarterbacks for the next couple of years. I guess when you factor that in, that's a yeah. And this is a heavy, heavy rebuilding team. Yeah, they. uh, they went big on running back for whatever reason in free agency. They did re-sign Royce Freeman, who they never really gave any opportunity to last year. They signed Marlon Mack to a one-year deal, but he only has 250 k guaranteed. He's listed on our lads as a starter right now. It's probably just nominal, but he there's no, no guarantee he even makes the team. To be honest with you, 250 k is nothing. Yeah. Dario Goombawale signed a two-year deal with them. So more of a special teams guy, but it's more likely he makes the team than Marlon Mack. So they still have Rex Burkhead there, who's old as shit. Like, it's just... <laughs> There's going to be a all running back by committee. I mean, the front office is Patriots based. They they just want a lot of bodies to throw at the running back position. They don't want the alpha back. So I'm not I'm not too keen on the running back position overall. They made a lot of changes to the room uh, in the last year. They also gave Brandon Cooks a two year extension, thirty nine point six mil with thirty six mil guaranteed. I don't know that that means he's in Houston for the next two years. I think they rewarded him, but that contract can move pretty easily, but it'll likely be there for this year. We were talking before we went live about backstacking cooks with Davis Mills and the Scott Fishbowl. And I think that's a reasonable strategy because he's going to get 
the bulk of the targets in this offense, um, which is just a barren wasteland of pass catchers behind him. I mean, we can both like Nico Collins as much as we want. He's not going to get any volume. They drafted John Metchie in the second round, but he's coming off an ACL. I don't think he's going to contribute early. Probably a pup guy. Might not do anything year one at all. Then tight end position. And they re-signed Farrow Brown. I mean, more of a blocking back. I like or blocking tight end. They have Brevin Jordan, who I think could – you know, take a step up in year two, but still only as like a tight end two type candidate. So it's still just, still just bad, bad offense uh, for, for this team, which is also why I don't think Davis Mills is going to be in a position to succeed because they really didn't do a lot around him. So going into the draft, you thought, you know, they'll, they'll probably focus a little bit more on that. So they went Derek Stingley, as I mentioned, was the first cornerback taken um, over Sauce Gardner. And then they did go Kenyon Green with their other first round pick offensive line. They need a lot of help on their offensive line. In the second round, they had two picks. They took Jalen Petrie, who's an upside D-back. Then they did go John Mechie, the other Alabama wide receiver. In the third round, another IDP guy to keep your eye on is Christian Harris. The linebacker, fourth round, everyone's love child is pigeon-toed Damian Pierce running back to add to that room of (laughs) misfit toys that I mentioned earlier today. And then they ended up with a bunch of guys I never heard of. Thomas Booker, D-tackle, Tegan Keen, mm, Quitteriano, tight end. I hope I got that right. Never mean to insult anyone's name, but tough one. Then Austin Deculus, offensive lineman. Just uh, just a lot of unsexy in that as far as where they targeted. Didn't really try to give Davis Mills a lot of help in free agency or in the draft. So I'm just kind of left. I'm left wanting a little bit more for those Houston Texans, which is also what kind of keeps me down narrative street with, with the quarterback of the future. The quarterback in the 2024 season. Starting, and I don't believe is on the Houston Texans roster right now. So, what does that mean from a there record? Could be nobody on this fucking team in 2020. I mean, I think that's the plan. I mean, all those running backs are one and two year placeholders, probably easy to get out of. You know, it's it's they 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 know they're not competing this year, so they're going to keep trying to stockpile picks and build and build and build and then probably get that quarterback when they feel like they're close. I mean, that's what the the smart teams do because then they get the quarterback on the rookie deal. He's relatively cheap, all things being considered, with the new state of NFL contracts, and they can bring in some vets around him to help him compete on the rookie deal. So I, I don't disagree with you. I mean, this offensive contingent could be 100% turned over in two years where only Mechie is left over uh, with his second round capital. So Houston Texans, I have them at a very Jacksonville Jaguars-esque three and 14 as well with a Vegas projected total of only four and a half. So right in that sweet spot, they could eke out another win here or there to get the four, but I do not see them as a five win team. So I would go under the four and a half for Houston. I think they're a bad team. Sir, sir, we have another matchup three and 14 for me Boom. garbage <laughs> and as you're as you're breaking them down and thinking in my head i'm like was i too generous did i give them far too many <laughs> wins they're, they're they're pretty bad they, they yeah. stuck out as i was doing the 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 win loss total and uh a team on the nfc side really stuck out who actually gave more wins than i, I can't even believe because each week i was like Ugh, not these guys yeah, I mean they're just not a good team. Yeah, it's it's ugly. I just don't want a lot to do with Houston in redraft or really in dynasty. Honestly, I, I I'm not as big a Damian Pierce guy as everyone else is. I think he landed in a good spot and I think he has a good profile, but I just don't 
think he's going to be a bell cow. I think they have the specialist thing kind of locked up and they have a lot of bodies to throw at the running back position. So he could be better than everyone else, but they're still going to use other backs. So if you're correct about them having a very Patriots style of game plan going in there, you're right. The only thing is, I mean, Lovey Smith isn't out of that Patriots tree anymore. So at least the, the coaching staff, the, the front office is, but the coaching staff isn't necessarily uh, cut of that Patriots cloth that, anymore. Ilk, shall we say? Yeah. yeah. But all right. Moving on from no, one. Rossi is Pep Hamilton as well, which I think is good. I think that dude's kind of got shafted. He's very creative, offensive mind. You know, so he's not a Patriots guy either. More that the front office has a Patriots mindset of how they construct rosters. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what I think of that guy. I, yep. I felt like he had a lot of name name recognition. They're like, oh, this guy's a name to know. And then he kind of, I don't know why, but kind of fell off a bit. But yeah, he's a Stanford guy, and so is Mills. So good for Mills. Um, hey, but, there you go. Yes. Moving on to the last and certainly not least, Tennessee Titans. Uh, Titans. Only thing they really did in free agency was bring in Austin Hooper, which was a need for them. Their tight ends were atrocious. Uh, they made another big one of the big wide receiver trades. We're talking about stupid Christian Kirk affecting everybody. Well, this was part of that. AJ Brown uh, was traded away from this team, went to Philly, so that left them a huge void with that empty spot. They brought in Traylon Burks uh, with their first pick, 18th overall. Then they went cornerback, offensive tackle. Then back to the offensive side of the football. Everyone's pre-draft darling Malik Willis, 22nd pick of the third round. So many people thought that he was a lock for the first as a developmental project. He almost fell into the fourth. So sorry, Malik and all the Malik fans. But he's probably going to be the heir apparent to Tannehill in a few years. But obviously teams passed on him quite a bit. I'm not the biggest Willis guy now. I, I, I get the rushing upside and then the fantasy points that come with it. But as you had mentioned, talking about Houston and all the picks they have, Tennessee falters a little bit and ends up with a better draft spot than they're anticipating in the next couple of years. They're going to draft the guy who's going to play ahead of Willis. So I, he, he's, he's a lot scarier to me than I, other people are acting. Uh, round four, they took Hassan Haskins, 26th overall pick, as the backup to Derrick Henry, bigger-bodied guy. Also has decent hands, even though everyone thinks Hilliard is going to get the, the receiving work. I, I like Haskins, and I've been stashing him everywhere because if Derrick Henry starts breaking down, he did have a, a, his first significant injury last year, Haskins is going to get that work. And I, I think a couple weeks this year, if Henry misses time, I, I've said it multiple times, I think, on this podcast, I think Haskins is going to be RB1 for a couple weeks this season. Now, is that sustainable long-term? I have no clue. Uh, also in the fourth round, 38th pick, they took Chigosium Oconquo. Just Chig Oconquo most of the time. But he's super athletic guy, really good receiver. He could end up – I think he's got a chance at being the best fantasy tight end out of this draft class. But – Unfortunately, the way tight ends play out, we're not going to be able to answer that question until 2025, and who knows where we'll all be then. So it's a good stash, but don't have any expectations of him. Another guy that they took then in the fifth round, 
Uh, 20th pick, Kyle Phillips, who I didn't know anything about. I had ranked low or not at all very early in the process, but he's been growing on me, and a lot of it, A, a lot of good reports out of camp, but with Woods coming back from a significant injury, with Burks unable to breathe or stay on the field, and then, I mean, who who else is there? Nick Brook, uh, Nick Westbrook, Ikini, Des Fitzpatrick from last year. Phillips is actually in a spot to, to sneakily get on the field a lot more than people think. I'm very curious to see how these snaps shake out, especially the first half of the season. But but Phillips is somebody to keep on your radar. I think he's going to win you any weeks. No, should you should you overdraft him? Absolutely not. But he, he's a decent stash, and he's got a lot more upside than than other players going at the very tail end of your rookie draft, similar where he is. Um, but that pretty much sums it up as, as far as their, their moves this year. But, you know, Tannehill is – I've been hot and cold over his career. Derrick Henry's obviously a fucking stud at the position. And I, I bringing in Austin Hooper, I love Hooper. What what did we say it was? He's like tight end 32 in drafts right now. Yeah. That's insane. Just just by virtue of the death chart and him being a tight end on a team and a, with a quarterback that have used the tight end. I mean, there's no reason he's not top 16 just for no good reason. So Hooper's, the, I think, one of the best values in all of fantasy right now. And I don't even love him, but just what what there is at the tight end position and what he could do with this surrounding cast. I, I think people are really sleeping on Hooper. But Vegas has them at 9.5 wins. Somehow last year they won 12. I thought they were one of the worst uh, playoff teams in the league last year. And they proved it. I, yes, they did. I thought they were among the worst number one seeds in history, and they proved that. I didn't like the team last year. I don't like the team this year. And when I went through their record, I fucking have them at 12 and 5. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's surprising. That's why when I asked you who you had winning the division, as I told you, I have the Colts winning it at 9 and 8, um, which means yeah. that I have less wins for Tennessee. How less? Six and eleven. Six and I don't think they're good. I mean, I just you neither do I. But I I don't think they have a bad. I mean, I don't remember off the top of my head what where the wins came, but I I don't remember them having bad matchups and and kind of. um, I don't remember one of the other teams we had spoken about just having shitty matchups like the winnable games ended up being on the road and like uh, I can't can't do that. I, I think they had a favorable thing because as I was doing their record and I was seeing them with the wins pile up, I'm like, and that's probably too many. I had to look for losses here, but all right, Lowell, let's do it. So, you know, we look through it like two teams, one in each of the divisions that we're going to go through the record. All right. Week one, home versus the giants week two at Buffalo week three, home versus the Raiders when week four at the Colts. I think I had them splitting with the Colts. So, so loss. Week five at Washington. When? Week six by. Week seven home versus the Colts. Well, I think if we give them the other loss, then they get the win here. Week eight at uh, Houston Texans. When? Week nine at Kansas City. <sighs> they seem that everyone, every team has another team's number. I feel like Tennessee is. Mm-hmm. You're, Got you're, Kansas City's number. You're looking. You're looking for him here at this point. That's a loss. Week ten, 
I don't um, like Kansas City, but nah, that's you don't have, you don't have to like Ten- Tennessee stinks. Week ten <laughs> uh, versus the Broncos. I think uh, where in Tennessee or in yeah. Denver? In Tennessee, yes. Tennessee. TSA versus or at. So yeah, okay. That, I have that as another. I'm sorry. Okay, I'm not, then I'm not paying close enough attention. Week eleven at Green Bay. Uh, loss. Yeah. Week uh, twelve versus Bengals. We, you can say it at home. I'm giving them the win. No, that's a loss. Week thirteen at Philadelphia. Uh, Homer, that's a loss. That's a toss. Okay, that's a loss. Says the Eagle <laughs> fan. Week fourteen versus Jaguars. Win. Correct. Week fifteen at my Chargers. Listen, a lot of this goes into what these teams do. Dude, nothing says uh, Chargers football than laying an egg in week 15, jockeying for fucking the number one seed. So I went Tennessee. That was an anti-Chargers pick. Yeah. Oh, you're hurting my heart here. And they do it. You know, week, I'm right. six, week, <laughs> week 16 versus Texans. Of course, that's a win. Another win. Week 17 versus Cowboys. <sighs> Dude, I'm not a big Dallas guy. Yeah, Tennessee. Oh, goodness. I, well, I can see how you got there. Week 18 at Jaguars. So, yeah, they have a good finish to the season. They play the Jaguars twice and the Texans once in their last five games. So I think it's a pretty good, strong finish for them. It's just a couple of the games where you even uh, hemmed and hawed. I mean, I have them losing to Kansas City. I have them losing to Denver and Green Bay and the Bengals and, four, and the Eagles. I have them losing five straight. I'm losing all those games. I don't care how I'm a road. I think all those teams are superior to the Texans, or sorry, to the Titans. So I have a five-game losing streak between weeks eight and week 13. But barring injuries, barring any unforeseen crazy shit, I think Tennessee absolutely beats the Chargers in, in L.A. Yeah, that, that hurts my heart. You say that, it does would not surprise me. <laughs> if I know anything about my Chargers, yeah. it's that once they get me all excited, they uh-huh. let me down. Yeah. yeah. So could happen, but I, I just – they have less offensive talent than they even had a year ago where they had little I offensive agree. talent. And I just, you know, it's they poopied the bed in the playoffs because they got exposed. And Derrick Henry's a year older. If he can't carry this team this year, I don't see a, a chance in God's green earth that they get the nine and a half wins. They, you would need vintage Derrick Henry. And, you know, and I do think they have a good defense. I just think they are just – there's no team that is as – shallow from an you know margin of error perspective. Yeah. That's the Titans. It's if Derrick Henry isn't back to full strength, then their offense is non existent. Yeah, I don't and I like Traylon Burks and I think Robert Woods is decent. And I think Austin Hooper is good. I just I don't know. It's just I'm Look, not I, impressed with these Titans. I, and I like I don't Trey like the Wolf. team either. I don't yeah. I, so, no one was more shocked that they got the 12 than I was. <laughs> you clearly do like them. You know, you have them as one of the – I mean, who do you have with more wins in the AFC? I mean, Let's see here. I only have one, two, three, four, five, six teams with double-digit wins. I had Total. I, I had Cincy and Baltimore both with 12. Uh, I had Pittsburgh with 11. Don't don't break anything. So just anyone else we haven't discussed yet. Yeah, no, That's correct. That. Yeah, I'm just I'm just looking at what we did. And I, I had Indy with ten. I had Tennessee with twelve, and then I have one, two. Th- I have three more twelve win teams in the AFC, a thirteen win team, an eleven win team. All right. I have six total teams in the AFC with double digit wins. T- period. 
And I got I, 10, 10 double digiters. And I've already discussed two of them. They were my Cincinnati and Baltimore's. That was it. I have the Colts win the division at nine wins. So that takes out two of the teams. You had win double digits. Then I don't have one with the Colts winning the division at nine and eight. I have one, two, three, four, five, six. I only have seven teams in the NFC with double digit wins. But I have some heavy, some very top heavy teams. I have three teams with 14 wins which I don't believe any of them get 14 wins, which again, yeah. it was this experiment that I do not agree with. But when I just went down the list and pick, 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 that's what happened. So, yeah, like I you said, I, I've got a lot of yeah, my, mine either go very good or very bad. There's no, no fiddle in the middle there. Is the NF is the AFC South, the worst fantasy football division. Ah, oh. It's hard to – I mean, overall, top to bottom. Yes, yeah. The, the, yeah. the division. If you think about it, I mean, the best quarterback is probably Trevor Lawrence, even in fans. The NFC South, to me, is also pretty bad. Carolina sucks. Atlanta sucks. No, listen, Carolina could suck, but they have DJ Moore and Christian McCaffrey. But, but are they – well, McCaffrey, the, yes. Two of the top dogs in <sighs> fantasy. And then you still got Tampa. The Saints do have some valuable guys. And then Atlanta, you have one of the top Dumpster tight ends in the game. Fire. Hmm? Dumpster fire. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I guess, yeah. Hold on. Yeah, I think this right. is by far the worst fantasy football division. I mean, the top wide receiver is who? Michael Pittman? Are, are you correct? Is that right? I believe so. I mean, he's fighting with who? Brandon Cooks and Christian Kirk? I mean, Robert Woods has passed his prime. Traylon Burks, we both like, isn't there yet. I mean, I that's a cut. real indictment on this division. Yeah, the best tight end in the division is what? Austin Hooper? Mm, I mean, are we, how, how much do we believe in an Evan Ingram again? And you can believe in him as much as he's probably right <laughs> that, that same exact argument. Top running back is RB1. It's Jonathan Taylor. But then after oh, that. I said I Derrick mean, Henry shit. Sorry. Jeffrey. I forgot yeah, about I mean, Jonathan Taylor. Derrick Henry's on his way out the door from a dynasty perspective. But, yeah, I mean, two good RB1s. Which quarterback? The Which Texans. quarterback? Who? Which quarterback you taking? Well, that's what I said. Trevor Lawrence to me is is – Fantasy. For dynasty, with redraft, I'd probably take Matt Ryan. Yeah, you love Matt Ryan. I, I don't disagree. I, I think they're going to be run based as they want all their quarterbacks to come into Indy to be. I would still take Trevor Lawrence out score Matt Ryan this year in fantasy football. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's pretty ugly. Not good. No. Closing this on a whimper. So, North, South. Next up, AFC East. So, we'll be back a week from now with that. Uh, anything else before we get out of here? No, I am standing. Need to go get some hydration for myself, John Debari, my co-host, Mister Matt Walker. We are the Fantasy Forty, and we are out of here. We're out of here. <laughs> Went Justin Albert, then Jonathan Taylor, then a bit of a surprise to me at five, uh, Kyler Murray. Yeah, I'm not touching Kyler Murray. Uh, I'm not taking him at 11 in this one. I just, 
one, the rushing aspect is devalued with the six point per passing touchdown. I mean, he does, I, I have to think, probably have a decent completion percentage, but he's also not going to have DeAndre Hopkins for what, at present, six games. I'm not, I'm not really feeling Mr. Uh, Mr. Shortbridges. I don't have any plans going into this. I mean, there's, you know, obviously guys I don't like that I'm not going to fucking draft under any circumstances, but, um, yeah, I, I, I don't, the, the, all my years of fucking planning have completely backfired. So this year I thought I'm going to just go best player available. I'm not, you know, the last couple of years with the scoring, I was like, I'm going to just kick the can down the road on wide receivers. If, if the best guy's a wide receiver, I'm taking it. The only thing I want to do, kind of like you said, is these first three rounds, I'm getting at least one quarterback, which I typically don't do either. Yeah, I mean, just where Scott's taking the scoring to. I hilariously, listen, we just got done the the AFC North. I had the the big Ben Baker Mayfield quarterback stack last year, which honestly, walking out, I was happy with because of the completion percentage shit, and I just knew Big Ben was going to be checked down king. And I think if Baker didn't get hurt, he probably would have been decent. He would have been a good QB too in that format, but I just got screwed with those two. They were just God awful all year. So it didn't matter what else I had, like, cause they bring you nothing with the legs. They didn't throw a ton of touchdown passes. So the completion percentage shit didn't matter. It was just empty calories. Uh, True to form. Obviously any, anyone just by the sheer volume can be stuck in the single outlier draft, which I feel like I'm always at. <laughs> it's just like oh god I thought for sure that guy was going to be there and he's like literally as I'm swinging he's like snaking away from me he goes in the same round where I thought I was getting him coming back like 15 picks later you know, I'm looking but, I'm going through the that tweet you shared me um, it's pretty interesting I, I mean, I'll tell you who I'm not taking at all I will not be drafting Zach Wilson under any circumstances no, Davis I, Mills Trevor Lawrence uh, probably Tannehill. No, nobody on the Steelers. Nobody on the Browns. Get some starts potentially. Shit's going south for Winston. I do like Winston with Jarvis Landry because it's value. I mean, you get Winston at the end of the seventh, and Jarvis Landry's in the thirteenth round. I'm not trusting Michael Thomas at all. He's an nope. end of the eighth round. No, thank you. Nope, nope, nope. No, nope. thank you. And I'm not going to draft a rookie either in Olave in the tenth when I can get Jarvis Landry in the thirteenth. Not taking Mariota, not taking Mayfield, not taking Fields, not taking Goff, uh, not to fucking Drew Locke. Get yeah, the listen, fuck I, out I, of I here. think Fields just clips you from a completion percentage perspective. Yeah, you know, so his rushing upside is mitigated by uh, the tremendous downside that that whole offense possesses. I mean, he was fifty nine percent completion last year, and you no, know, I still blame Nagy for most of that, but. His skill position players are worse this year. What about starting Stafford Cup? I'm yeah. starting. You know what I think I'm going to do? You, you said Florida quarterbacks. I'm, I'm starting to think LSU wide receivers. I might go Burrow and Chase or go Jefferson and Cousins. And there's oh, my Barrow's, first Barrow's, pick. Barrow's going to be going by your pick. 100%. Hey, we just said outliers, right? Yeah. Just in 
Joey B, it will not be there for you at 112. If he's there for me at 111, believe me, that's who's getting drafted by my my Jeff Fisher-ish <laughs> Scott Fishbowl team, which I'm always 500 in this league. I've, I've I had one good year. We we had, when we had Ryan on, I I looked it up and yeah, I had one good one. A couple middle. Uh, well, Burrow's gone. Went seven. <laughs> Dude, I knew there was not a chance in hell. Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow. Yeah, I'm taking Barrow over both of those guys. The, it's just a I like up. the Lamar bounce back, but you're taking a lot of risk. And like you said, with the passing touchdowns. Lamar if you draft Lamar Jackson, you have to hope you get Mark Andrews coming back. And now you're you're really just leaning into everything Baltimore Ravens at that point in time because now you're not getting any of the high-end running backs, and that's a low-volume passing attack. I mean, granted, most of it should go through Mark Andrews, but... <laughs> I'm I mean, up in three picks. I've never been less excited. Eh, well, we haven't even drafted yet, so we still haven't filled the 101. Welcome back. We are back with another edition of the Fantasy 40 Podcast with myself, Jenna Barry, my co-host, Mr. Matt Walker. And as always, brought to you by our friends at Expand the Box Score. Check out Expand the Box Score. Use the promo code 40. Get four days free. Check out the site. See if you like it before you sign up. So last week, we started our AFC. You hear that noise? No, I, I did laugh, but... One second, I get a, a water problem. Uh oh. Well, now it stopped. <laughs> problem I'm solved. Should I just do it again? <laughs> yeah. And I think you just let people know that we're recording this also on July 11th, same week as, same as the. All right. We're talking about Scott Fishbowl and fresh round picks and stuff like that. Like, might as well just. We didn't yet. Well, <laughs> technically. We did before we went in, but it'll be the outtakes. 